Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Oh boy, this is going to be a fun one. It's take two of episode 180 of the Wretched Hype Podcast. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire crew is on board tonight for our first Friday show in a little while. We are so thrilled to be coming at you with an episode proper to tickle the insides of your ear holes with some Star Wars and other stuff talk from the Wretched Hive podcast. We're going to we dive are, right are your in. Informational Q-tips, everybody. We are your informational Q-tips. <laughs> Let's dive right in with introductions again. I'm Steve Baldwin, and joining me, he is the Wookiee co-pilot of this here show, Greg Lant. Steve and our Biden, my God, it is, I think, our first full show of 2021. And thank God I'm here as part of the new administration. I'm glad to be your humble servant here in service of you and find Star Wars talk for our fabulous listeners. Thank you, Greg. It's it's good. It, it is. It's our first show of the year, really. We've done, uh, we've been doing these weekend shows, and we'll talk about that. If you're not listening, check us out on Saturday mornings to talk WandaVision. But this is our first show proper of 2021 isn't that crazy it's already that February. Is, that is it's, crazy. Been a, it's been a busy time for all of us but uh i'm glad to be back i'm glad we're all here and uh i'm glad to be part of the show as always i am too my friend also joining the show he is still is he still are you oh, still yeah. Scott fan oh, oh right. hell yeah okay. all right then it's still true he is a lifelong star wars fan <laughs> evansky Oh my God, it is our first show of 2021, and I feel so damn good, and so good, Steve. In fact, I am drinking some wonderful booze out of the skull of Baby Yoda tonight. That's what I'm doing. It's mm-hmm. out of control. And we're going to yeah, get looks, a... Uh, it looks like a baby raccoon. <laughs> we're going to get a Tiki Mug review, I understand, later. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And I think that Tiki Mug is like actual size, too, of Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Now, we've been talking on Saturdays about WandaVision, um, and I have missed this man because he's not able to join us on Saturdays. Uh, he is the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. <laughs> hey, hi. How are you doing, Steve? Good, Nico. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Scott. Nice to see y'all. <laughs> Son of a bitch, man. Man, I'm trying to be nice to the guy today. All right, all right. We see where we just we're get going. it. Let's get it out of the way. The first yep. FU Scott of 2021. Bring it. <clears throat> Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay. Oh God, I feel damn good right now. All right. <laughs> and finally, we have. What the fuck are you doing? An introduction. Oh, wait. Whoa. Was Whoa. that a soundboard? Did we fix soundboard issues? Not really. I'm faking it. All right. <laughs> uh, we have soundboard issues, so we don't have the typical introduction for this man. But he is still 
what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Dave, under no circumstances should you ever, and I mean ever, call him Harry Potter. Dave, welcome to the show, my friend. What the fuck are you doing? He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to host this damn. He's trying to get I, this airplane off I, the ground. I thought Greg was going to go old school like he did back in, you know, in 2016, where he would just make shit up and just ramble incoherently and humorously no. on the pauses while you would do that. But that's all right. It's all right. Yeah. So, yeah we just dove in. I know. So. I think I shared with with some of you a news article I found this morning about a a guy in in England who has been in a coma for the last 10 or 11 months. He was literally like in a crosswalk in the first week of March in England, got hit by a car, has been in a coma since the first week of March, has gotten COVID twice while in a coma and recovered. And he's now waking up from the coma. And everybody's like, what do we do? Like, this is extraordinary enough that somebody is coming out of a coma after that length of time. But what the world was like then versus what the world is like now, it's it's like a Rip Van Winkle or a Walking Dead thing. And I say all that because, one, it's a, an amazing story. But, two, I kind of feel that way. Like, how do you explain the time if someone had been in a coma just from our last show to here? How do you explain the world over that, like, 45-day period? So we're sorry we missed it, folks, but we're glad to be back. We're glad we're here. Here's, a, here's how you do it, Dave. First this show of the Biden administration, press on. Here's how you explain 2020. You ask him to stick out his hands, and then you take a shit right in his hands. <laughs> this is what happened in 2020. So, I think it was Scott who, who shared a, a, a meme thread. I can't call it a meme because a meme is a single panel, but it was a a thread construction of a conversation between Scott Lang and his buddy uh, Pena from Ant Man, yeah. and it was it was him describing 2020 to Scott Lang, and it's about 160 panels long, and I just remember at one point, and it's just back and forth between the two the whole time, and somewhere at 80, Scott's like. Wow, man, 2020 sounds awesome. He's like, 2020, bro, I'm not even out of January yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was a heck of a year. And if you would like to tell us about how your 2020 went, give us a call on the Wretched Hive hotline and tell us how messed up it was at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell hive. You're goddamn right. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash. That's right. I just said that. Uh, Wretched Hive podcast. Yes, I can. I just did. Assuming they haven't taken us down. They are doing that to a lot of people lately. (laughs) That's true. Do we get our social media accounts canceled? Last year, or are we good? I don't know. I don't know if we've managed to be that controversial or that widespread. Like, I don't know if we've hit the Venn diagram of those two plot points yet. I think I think we're still okay. Okay. I think we're good. Um, if you haven't been listening to the show in January, if you only listen to Friday shows, uh, check out our feed. We've got a uh, a new recurring Saturday episode that's been happening. Uh, first, at, well, actually, we started last fall. <laughs> I was going to say that you've been releasing on Sundays, if I'm not mistaken. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> For the last two weeks, I've been working Saturdays. Uh, 
at the vaccination pod, but that's another story. Uh, so yeah, Saturday or Sunday, one of those days, you'll get to listen to our gut reaction, our first reaction review of WandaVision. So we kind of carried over the Saturday thing from Mandalorian in the fall and winter, and now we're reviewing, we have a weekly review show of WandaVision. And uh, last week's show was episode four of WandaVision. And uh, this week we'll tackle episode five, whatever uh, whatever that Steve, ends up being. You, you just said it was episode uh, like 180 or something like that. You just said it. Math now, is, you're to, now you're back to episode four. What the, math what the is fuck? hard. I apologize. I apologize. God, man. Can we just um, call it A New Hope? Because episode four has a name. That's true. We used to be a Star Wars podcast, and uh, we're we're focusing heavily on the other stuff right now, and that's okay. We love it. Yes. We've got we've got a couple of Star Wars stories for you to this week, and a couple of do others. we? We do. Do we? Uh, <laughs> sort of. Sort of. I, I was in the pre-show meeting. I didn't hear a lot of Star Wars talk. That's all I'm saying. All right. I heard that we have a big story about yes, Star we do. Wars. That is very, that is so top secret. Most yeah. of us on the show don't even know what the hell it's about. Yeah, that's because we don't read. Um, now, before we get to the news, though, guys, we have to tackle a controversy that's occurred on the show. Oh, and yeah, it's going to get a little uncomfortable. Um, I have not. <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me the last five years haven't been uncomfortable? I, I have not uh, sh- talked about this with you guys at all. Okay, will you verify this is going to be raw and and uh, and completely? Just fresh right. and new. You guys have no idea what I'm about to bring up. This is this is going to be like an episode of The View to our listeners. This is going to be yeah. like The View. So it shit's is. about to get real. Okay. Shit's about to get I, real. It's I was young and I needed the money. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Greg, those pictures are from last week. <laughs> all right. So I still uh, need the money. What can I say? <laughs> someone who listens to the show regularly. Uh-oh. One of our one of our fifty or so listeners, Chris, down a lot, and Chris. who has my cell phone and texts with me nearly every day. Is this Captain America, Chris <laughs> Evans himself? <laughs> yes. All right. Fine. I was trying to protect the innocent, but yep. Six <laughs> Hyvian, Chris Evans brought this to my attention, and uh, he was listening to our review of Wandavision. Last weekend. Now, I have not been on the last two weekend shows, although I produce and and, uh, and launch and drop them so everyone can listen. But uh, I was not present for these shows. And so, you know, I produced the show. And Steve, and Steve is out there saving lives, folk, while the rest of us are talking about fucking comic books. <laughs> <laughs> you um, save lives your way, Steve. I'll save lives my way. All right. There man? you go. There you go. Um, and so I, I produce the beginning and the ending of the show, kind of clean up the, the end cap end caps and, uh, produce the show. And I didn't listen to episode four before dropping it, uh, and, uh, dropping it online. So everyone else can listen. So Chris right away, 20 minutes after I dropped the show, he messages me and he goes, what is going on? At about 12 minutes into the show. What is that noise? Well, Chris like, is a little intense, first know. of all. 20 minutes after you drop it and he's already being critical? Like, for, Chris, I love me. you, but for fuck's sake, man. Give Steve a little bit of time there. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Let me go listen to it. So I have isolated a clip here from this last weekend show. Now, this is Dave and Greg who were hosting the show together without uh, myself or Scott or Nico. 
and see if you can pick up the sound that uh, that six Hyvian Chris heard. Listen, listen closely. Oh, now where we're coming in, just for context, uh, we're talking about a um, a broadcast television station that is featured in the WandaVision universe, in the Marvel universe. What is it, Dave? W H H I W H I H, I believe. W H I H. Yeah. So Dave is explaining what W H I H is, and Greg reacts, and somewhere in there, um, well, I'll let you. I'll let you be the judge. Here it is. Odds are it's W-H-I-H, and they got their start in the uh, Incredible Hulk movie. Nice, nice. So we <laughs> we get a little conversation between... Uh... All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> so something's going on there. So there's a little sort of a, a ruffling noise that the mics pick up. So I've it, isolated it, this. It happens, it happens for the whole episode. I don't know if you guys noticed that it happens. It's there the entire episode. So I've, 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 Nico, you have a, a, a thought about this. I know exactly what it is. Okay, so, so I, what I'm, I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to write it. Okay, so Nico's <laughs> going to write it down, Wait. and we're going to let the rest All of you right. guys take guesses. Okay. Well, well, I've isolated this just so we can hear a little more clearly. So now I've just I cut out the beginning and the end. So are you doing this before or after you save the lives that you're isolating this noise off of the episode? <laughs> so I've, I've isolated the clip a little bit more. I haven't changed the audio at all, but I've isolated the clip. So here it is. Just the sound, and you hear Greg's one word during the sound. I couldn't remove that, but uh so here here's that clip. Nice. <laughs> that's appropriate that's appropriate oh so we so we all get to guess steve is that what's going on here so well I, i've got a couple of other versions here so i, I tried to really isolate to try yeah. to get to the bottom of what this is so I, I have this app that normalizes sound so it sort of makes everything the same volume because you know <laughs> that, that noise is a little quiet and greg's voice is very loud so i tried to normalize it so here's that version nice Nice, nice. <laughs> and then just for fun, I isolated just the noise itself. Here we go. And then it's it sounds really good on a loop. I think there's, if you listen carefully, I think there's a drummer inside of your ass, Greg, because... <laughs> so... It- Greg, it, Dave, it, what you, is you that are, noise? You are closer to the neighborhood than you actually think you are, Steve. But uh, but I never want to get in that neighborhood, my friend. But uh, <laughs> Nico's holding up his guess. Anybody else? <laughs> I I was going to say that it's the, uh, the the cries and the moans and the wailing of children from a pizzeria <laughs> <laughs> from the base from the basement of a pizzeria. <laughs> well, I did just get back from my QAnon meeting, so that's a, that's possible. <laughs> I, I, I I was not at the Blunt household, but I am pretty sure, if I remember things right, that Nico's guess is correct. Yes, yeah, so, I'm pretty sure that that was the the dog was on your lap. Yes. So uh, if you if for those of you who don't know, I have a pug at the house, and as we record as we record the Wandavision shows on Saturday morning. Um, my, my dog is downstairs and my dog is old and is a literal lap dog. And if I don't let her sit on my lap while I'm recording in the morning, she gets very upset. So it's either listen to the dog snore the entire episode or listen to the dog bark the entire episode. (laughs) 
that is your dog uh, snoring. Oh yes, my god, that is, that's the dog snoring. Yes, that is Tallulahula toe tapping terror snoring <laughs> because Greg is so boring when he talks on Saturday morning. <laughs> so, so anytime the show gets a little slow, we might have to bust out the uh, the snore. It's too bad we didn't have that when we used to talk about Bob Iger. Bob Iger. <laughs> Bob Iger. <laughs> I'll have to combine. The, the other guest that Nico wrote down was the elephant that ran under Greg's chair. <laughs> uh, the other sound clip I pulled was from a different episode. Uh, wow. I know three three of us. I just have to share this. I don't know when else I would, but I've been I've been sitting on it for a week. So I'm sure uh, you have. Three of you. Well, <laughs> that's what I thought this was. Um, uh, three of you live in Orange County, and this was uh, this was Scott's quote. Orange County as a whole has become the beacon of what the fuck. There. You go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, one of my favorites of all time. So I uh, got, stand by yeah. that quote. I'm, I'm glad that we got to the to the bottom of that investigative journalism and. Uh, you can see what I spend my time on when I'm not at work. <laughs> I, I knew I knew the whole time that she was sitting there too that I'm like the, the mic is completely going to pick this up because she is the loudest fucking snorer on the face of the planet. That dog is, but uh, she's oh she's God. old, you know. So I, I humor her. She's she's nine years old now, and and she's oh. actually she's had a little bit of an infection uh, the past couple of weeks. So it's my dog, man. She she can sit oh, on my lap anytime. No worries. Absolutely. Absolutely. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. All right, let's go on to the news then. Here we go. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, this being a Star Wars-centric show, we'll start off. Most of the time. With a, with a st- well, sometimes, yeah. It used to be, but, you know. <laughs> It's all good. It's it's always been. Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to the show, you know it's always been Star Wars and other stuff, and um, you know there's not a lot of new Star Wars right now, so we're focused on the other stuff. Certainly on Saturdays with Wandavision, lots of stuff happening in Marvel, and uh, but we do have a Star Wars story. Dave, Ooh. what do you, what do you got, buddy? Wait, can I ask you a question about Wandavision though? Yeah, do it. Okay, so you weren't on the show, but we talked about you a little on the show. Yeah, and I I. We talked about the character Black Talon and just how ridiculous that character looks. And I specifically dug up a picture of Black Talon's costume <laughs> so good. And, and sent it to you as a reference. I think like two days before you actually listened to the show. So I was just like, Steve, look at this picture. Listen to the show. I'll explain later. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious, having now seen the pictures of Black Talon and listening to us talk about him, like, what, what, what's your reaction to that, sir? As a non-comic book fan, you didn't grow up with this stuff in the 80s. What's your reaction, sir? Um, Well, it certainly looks, I mean, saying that it looks dated uh, is a little bit like saying the the Trump administration was a little bit uneven. Erratic. A little Uh, little chaotic. Yeah. A little disorganized. A little disjointed. Uh, but I, in in the defense of that, though, I'm you know you've turned me onto the comics. We've uh, I, I've been reading um, on the Marvel app, which Greg, I took your advice and I did. Uh, I, I'm doing the free trial of the Marvel yeah. Unlimited app. Yeah. Greg saved you so much money and so much shelf space with that. Greg, thank you for jumping in because I was literally just giving Steve like a 
13 bookshelves <laughs> worth of books to buy. You're like, buy all these trade paperbacks. I'm like, well, you could do, you could buy all that and take up a, a whole, a whole nother room of your house, or you could yep. get this app and just. Yeah. So, so, la- so last night, last night I got through. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really into the Scarlet Witch, but Dave said, no, 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 go back and read West Coast Avengers. Is it the 84? 85. 85 series. Uh, the first. It, uh, first issue and then jump over to WandaVision and I did that and I understand why you had me do that now it makes um, sense yeah it's not it a does. horrible bit of advice on my part no but even those the 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 art on those comics looks dated as well um and, and you know the storytelling is there but the the art is a little dated and with black talent it's the same um the one that really got me though from our all of the the comic talk on the weekend was um who's the <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy that looks like a chicken? He looks like a chicken. Black talent. Black talent. Black talent. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and he's in all the cells with, or the, the one um, sheet with um, Deadpool. Deadpool. The one page I sent you with Deadpool. Deadpool. Yes. So funny. I love. I I want to get into Deadpool because just that sheet alone uh, is so funny. It's. You know what? If okay, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say literally. One of my all-time favorite pages in a comic book is yeah. that one right there. Just so Deadpool, Black like, you're in a giant chicken <clears throat> costume. It's just nine panels of him laughing uncontrollably. So <laughs> wh- who is the guy with the big purple wings? He's got, like, big, huge, like, angel wings, but they're purple. Black that's Talon. who I w- Oh, that's the same Black Talon. Yeah. yeah. Wearing okay. his chicken headdress. Okay. <laughs> okay, same character, different uh, different. uh different art. Looking like he spins a sign okay. for a car insurance yeah. company in the middle of London. And he tells his zombies, not one peep out of you. The chicken man said peep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, but really fun to get into it. And I, I, I you know, I have experts uh, a text message away if I if I don't understand something. So it's really fun for me to 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 walk down this path that you guys walked down 30 years ago. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, heads up, so if you do want to get into the Deadpool stuff. You, you need a jumping off point. Don't start at the origins of Deadpool because it's it's a lot different than the Deadpool you know. So, okay, all right. Yeah, that that the panel I shared with you is from the Joe Kelly era of Deadpool, and that is really the the high the high watermark in my opinion. Yeah, for that, uh, the art that you first it warms my heart that you know there's an '84 and an '85 West Coast Avengers series. I can't tell you how proud I am of you right now. Like I, <laughs> I'm learning. I just I feel so great. And the art that you're describing for West Coast Avengers, it was very much a deliberate loose style. That was Al Milgram and Joe Sinnott doing uh, uh, the art for West Coast Avengers for the first two years. And it's a very loose art style that the inker comes in and, and kind of fills in around. And it kind of went with the, the looser, crazy West Coast feel. That was a conscious choice by the editor at the time because the main Avengers book, mainline Avengers based on the East Coast – very storied tradition that had a very solid traditional art team at the time of John Buscema and Tom Palmer. So it was a uh, very deliberate contrast that they were looking for. John Buscema, nice, nice right there. Yeah. Uh, so while we're on um, Marvel, let's stay here. And I'm going to, I'm going to start with Nico. Nico, there is a theory bouncing around out there about WandaVision that you shared with us and, and, uh, Dave and others were really excited um, about this theory about Zola. Why don't you share? What are you What are you thinking? What well, do you got? 
So, first of all, I just want to put it out there that I've invested more in this fan theory than all of Reddit has invested in GameStop. This, <laughs> wow. This fan theory is so solid um, that I will stake my case of beer that I haven't gotten yet on Ray being a Palpatine double or nothing. That this is going to be how it is. Cause, so, the theory is that the big bad for WandaVision that we've yet to see is indeed Dr. Zola. Um, and that the relevance of TVs and TV screens in WandaVision, uh, especially in episode four, um, is kind of the big hint and tell that that's what's, you know, coming. Um, basically, you know... Um, Dr. Zola was the Swiss uh, doctor that uh, was helping the Red Skull in the first Captain uh, Captain America movie. And then later on in Winter Soldier, we see him again when uh, Cap and Black Widow try to go figure out what it is. Uh, he's in a TV Ultron. set. And he's in a TV set. And then he nukes the bunker that he's in, but... One of the things that um, this this article, um, and I don't remember where this article is from off the top of my head, if you've got it in front of you, Steve. Um, but yeah, the one of the one of the big things that says that um, basically that him bombing that bunker isn't the end of it is because there's very obvious, um, more modern kind of interfaces with his uh, computer brain and uh, the outside world. Uh, first of all, he was able to call in the missile strike. And then second of all is that, you know, kind of USB port interface on all of those, you know, 60s and 70s, you know, physical tape real computers in there. Um, that, you know, he bombed the bunker to try to sacrifice uh, that site to get Cap and Black Widow and escaped. And he was, part of the theory is that he was the malicious AI in the Tesseract when uh, Tony Stark and uh, Dr. Banner were trying to, you know, map the Tesseract um, when they were basically creating Ultron and um, the Tesseract is where you know in the MCU Wanda you know gets her powers from that's where you know they did the the testing on her and Pietro her twin brother right his name's mm. Pietro mm -hmm. um, so yeah that you know she got her powers from the Tesseract and that he was the malicious AI in the Tesseract um and that he was trying to, you know, get himself to uh, assimilate into the Ultron. And then that's the driving force that made Ultron want to, you know, get the vision body. And um, basically, you know, we see Bucky, uh, Bucky Barnes and his brainwashing. And if... Dr. Zola was part of the creation of Wanda, there's no reason to believe that that same kind of dormant brainwashing kind of thing wouldn't, you know, 
be there somewhere and that with all the traumatic experiences between Age of Ultron and Endgame, um, Wanda could have snapped and Zola could be um, manipulating her into uh, the situation that we see now on WandaVision. Wow. Yeah. So, so right, how, Dave? <laughs> did, no, you, you did great with it. I, I, it's such an interesting theory, and it's it's one of those great ones that that there's nothing concrete to point to, right? There's no like real clue or Easter egg anywhere that points to it. It's just a lot of subtle stuff, and once you start thinking about it, you start to go, oh wait this dot can connect over here to this dot and yeah. so on and so on. It would be an amazing twist if that's what they were actually doing with it. The thing that really sells me on it is that it doesn't seem like that far of a stretch yeah. to make it believable, you know? Um, whereas, like, Ray being a Kenobi is like, eh, I don't know about that one. You'd have to convince me real hard that this devout Jedi had a kid. Yeah, I you know he what, did I'm, basically have an affair with the uh, with the Queen of Mandalore, but okay. The the thing I like about Nico's theory here, and, and um, I, I know it's an online theory that's going on here, but since he's bringing it up on the show, is you're you're basing it uh, one. I, I mean, all these things that actually could exist in that you know the comics, uh, the idea where it comes from the comics versus the cinematic universe, but also there are characters that have existed previously from the previous phases that we've seen. That's what I really like about Nico's theory right here. Um, but I, I I, don't know. I, I almost want to put something out there. And I know we're reviewing the show on Saturdays, um, which I, I know it's tough for Nico to get on there, but it would be fun to have him on one or two times if we could try somehow, some way to get him on there to do a review um, since we're mid-season right now. But I, I have another idea or thought, and I thought maybe if kind of like the, you know, Ray is a Kenobi or what is Ray's origins uh, theory that we were all doing on the uh, the regular show is maybe if we start coming up with some possible ideas before the end of WandaVision of where WandaVision is actually taking us. I mean, we know some stuff. You want predictions, to do predictions. Predictions, but based off of this has got to be a much bigger thing. And we know Feige has talked about his um, WandaVision's connections to Doctor Strange, but they're always very coy and toying with us on how big things really could be. I mean, we didn't know about the Thanos, um, the stones and everything from all of the first phases until like probably midway through like the first, no, not even the first, was it the first? It was Guardians uh, of the Galaxy, I think is when the first time we heard mention of Thanos, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. So I think there might be something bigger at play here, and I would love to hear some ideas and, and theories and thoughts from us on this, besides just reviewing the show. Um, and I like where Nico started this off. So um, what do you guys well, think maybe, about doing maybe we can do a uh, Maybe we can do a segment on Saturday about, um, about this. Well, you know, everyone we, has their, their predictions. Okay. Or you I, think my only well, my only thing is yeah. is that we only have a half an hour usually, right? 25, 30, 35 minutes. Um, usually only fifteen minutes because you know it's the crack of dawn. It, it is the crack of dawn. <laughs> on time, it is. So, 
like 4 p.m. Seriously, you guys, we start that at 4 p.m. That's crazy. Crack it on. Um, all right. Well, I want to build something off of Nico's theory then, because I do like his theory, and I, I want to see if it goes down that road. But I want to throw something really wild out there that I kind of heard, and I want to throw out there because they already brought something up on the show uh, before we move on to the next story, and that is the concept of CMBR radiation. And I think we brought up the idea already of reversing the concept of House of M. And I, I, I want to hear at least Dave's thoughts on this because I know Dave has some backstory in this, but anybody that has any ideas. But not only is it a reverse version of House of M where instead of all mutants gone, we're now getting the introduction to mutants. But the concept of television is out there. And we've been talking about all these other theories and one, being an X-Men fan, one of my biggest things is there is this alternate uh, universe where that's ruled by this dictator named Mojo. And his whole existence is producing a television show. And here is this alternate reality that Wanda is supposedly creating because of based off of the last episode. But we still feel that there's a menace out there. What if... In creating the X-Men or mutant universe in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're actually getting some of these other characters that we do see in these extended alternate realities like we saw in Doctor Strange. So Mojo is, I think, part of that universe. If I remember correctly, we have characters that he uh, dictates like Spiral and a few other characters that all are connected directly to the X-Men, which I think her twins are going to be a big part of going forward from this series into the, the next phase of the movies. I don't think they're going to bring Mojo in and I will freely admit that I can't stand the character of Mojo. So that, (laughs) that is probably driving my feeling on this, but I, I, the, the CMBR, whatever that magic background radiation was, I do think they're trying to set some stuff up for the X-Men. And I, I think I said this, I can't remember if I said it on the show or if I just said it to Greg or you at one point, but I made a comment that, hey, if the X-Men are coming to the Marvel Universe, I feel like they may have inadvertently laid the groundwork for it because I talk about how the snap released all this radiation. Right. And we had two snaps that took place on Earth, right? We had the snap that devastated anybody, everybody, and then we had the snap that brought everybody back. Well, that to was me, the first one, right? That was the whole. No, the Thanos snap released a bunch of radiation. Okay. Rocket says that in Endgame. Right. And he's like, oh, and the only place we've picked right. up any more radiation like that is this moon over here where Thanos is and he destroyed the stones. And then they do the time heist, bring the stones back to Earth. Hulk does another snap. So there are two big snaps that happen on Earth. Iron Man does a third one. But I'm just saying, all that radiation gets released on the planet. That's how you get mutants as far as I'm concerned. Right. We don't have to come up with anything else. We just say, like, hey, the Stones, who we already know are creating people all over the place because they created Wanda and Petro in the cinematic universe, right. that's where mutants come from. That's what and I would Dave, do. Dave, let's throw in one more thing. We're talking about CMBR and radiation. You now open up the door for the Fantastic Four. You could have the radiation that affects them when they're up in space somehow trigger all of their changes that occur. And... and- it, Part or oh, to jump in real quick, take a page from Scott. Um, part of that is we heard in the conversation of the sword director with that lady after she got, you know, before she went into uh, Westview. There, you know, he's talking about how 
half of the crews, the astronauts that were on missions in right. space disappeared. So that could totally be, you know, the Fantastic Four were on a mission and then half the crew disappears. Shit goes wrong. They get stuck somewhere. They get hit by the radiation from the snap. It causes some big, you know, domino effect. And then, boom, the Fantastic Four. And then, boom, the people get... Or maybe, you know, what if they were part of a crew that got snapped out? And we see, like, in the hospital scene, people are coming back exactly where they were when they left. So if a space crew leaves, you know, an astronaut crew leaves, and then the people that got snapped out get snapped back in the middle of space, no matter, you know, who knows where they were. That's yeah. how they get created. The Fantastic Four, that is. Well, all of this is great, but Dave just knocked down my whole theory because he hates Mojo that I'm not going to see a long shot in any X-Men. So, whatever. I can't stand Mojo. Can't stand long shot. Spiral <laughs> just seems to exist so that she can be a badass with powers. I'm just, I mean, I, I love you, Scott, but whatever. I just can't join you on those characters. But so, what, what, I, what, what we could do a segment about, if we want to do a segment, is they have promised in the last week, or what they haven't promised, but they have started saying that there is a surprise cameo coming towards the end of WandaVision, yeah. and that it is a Luke Skywalker-level cameo. Oh, Whoa. Okay. Whoa. So I will just ask the question real quick. Who do we think that could be? If we're making a whiteboard, if we're going Jimmy Woo, if we're going full Jimmy Woo on Westview here, and we're putting up a whiteboard, who would we put up there? I mean, obviously Nico, because he just got snapped out by Thanos. But who Holy would we put shit. on the whiteboard? That was crazy. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to put my theory up, and then you guys jump in. I'm just because of the connections they've already brought up. I think it's going to be actually Doctor Strange. I think he will make an appearance on the show. I don't think that's a Luke Skywalker level cameo, though. I mean, really? I agree that I agree he's going to come in, but I, you know, we already know that Wanda's going to be part of. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We already know that. So, okay. uh, h- how right. is this? How is this a, a huge like? You know, nobody saw that coming that it was going to be Luke. I mean, a Luke Skywalker level is we're talking someone who we haven't seen in a long time. Well, it's, it's just loves. out of left left field. That's why oh. I'm taking it. Something that nobody could possibly see coming. Got it, Nico. What's your what's your well, what's your suggestion? Dave's new addendum to the Luke Skywalker-esque uh, cameo, I was going to say uh, Black Panther before that, but now I'm not sure. That would be... Oh, that, because that, that would have... That, you know, that would be epic. What do they have to do to get Wanda out of there? they got to bring in a super powerful, spiritual, tech-backed somebody to come and figure this out. Um, but now that you're saying, like, oh, just out of left field, kind of, not necessarily what we saw in the Mando with the Luke cameo. So I don't, I don't know. It, it still would be really cool to see, you know, T'Challa somehow incorporated into this show um, in some way. Um, wow. That but, would be... Yeah, I'm not sure. I was so, thinking Robert Downey Jr. personally. Uh, just, also, I, I, I was going to say either Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans as Captain America, yep. because those yep. are two those are two guys who have been pretty much retired. They had their characters retired from the Marvel Universe. So to see them would be something that is out of left field like that. I, I, and, and, I'm his act, not, and his actor's been very public that they they're not going to do anything Marvel related. 
Yeah, I, I'm not the Marvel fan. I am of that. I am the Star Wars fan, but I don't. I still don't see that as being a Luke Skywalker level. I mean, if you're talking about Chadwick Boseman, um, having filmed something and they're dropping it in, Nico, is that what you're? That'd be pretty tight. Yeah, that, something yeah. if they could have, you know, repurp- if they could repurpose some film um, from the past, or if they did some. God forbid some awful weird deep fake and made him come back for something. Um, but yeah, just some way brought him back. Um, I think it could be a, a somehow a way to explain why he might be missing in the future. Mm-hmm. It might be a cool, you know, nod and homage to him um, not being around in the future. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, By the way, I love this. I love the stormtrooper over your left shoulder. I didn't. I have to acknowledge that. By the way, that's Bob. And Bob. <laughs> or if we wanted a deep cut, Ed Norton. Bob. <laughs> As the Hulk? alternate nice. universe Hulk. Yep. <laughs> the multiverse alternate universe Hulk could happen. Wow. Well, I. No, oh, damn. I can't. I can't say so. I can't. I can't say something, but I want to say something. Um, oh, because you know, you fucking. I do. Cheater. I do know something, and I don't want to say something. But um, I, you know what? I like Nico's idea, and but Steve, you keep bringing this up. I went with the safe bet with Doctor Strange, knowing that there's connections there. But if you're talking actual Luke Skywalker as in character, I don't think Black Panther quite holds the Luke Skywalker level like Iron Man or Captain America. And there has been talks about. Chris Evans coming back in mm-hmm. as Captain America. So there could be a connection there. And we do know that there is the Bucky and um, uh, what is it? Falcon. The Falcon, Falcon and, and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier is coming mm-hmm. up right after this. So maybe yeah, that is the March. connection there. Yeah, that's uh, like next month, guys. That's yeah. that's yeah, that's in like six weeks. Does I it start the week after? Well, I don't know about the week after, but it's coming in March. So okay. I think there's uh. I think there's supposed to be a two like a two week gap, but okay. I I have heard rumors that WandaVision is actually going to be ten episodes, not nine. Oh. oh. But they're sort of bookending these these television shows like WandaVision and then yeah. Yeah. Soldier. Yeah. Soldier like, and, okay. All right, that makes sense. Cool. So yeah. have we? Did you guys talk on Saturday about how episode four kind of gives us a timeline of where the show mm-hmm. fits in? Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, that's all. If it's been talked about, it's been talked yeah. about. The, the episode is available online, Nico. If you want to listen to it. <laughs> you think if I don't have time to show up to be part of it, I have time to listen to it? And you, you can actually it? hear. You can hear this. Hear this. <laughs> I listened to that for 18 years, Steve. <laughs> I love that he knew. He knew right away what that was. Oh, yeah. Immediately knew what it was. Because yeah. Yeah. I heard that for 18 years. I know exactly what that is. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the Wretched Hive Podcast. Guys, let's talk a little bit about um, another property that is uh, in the Marvel Universe, that's Spider-Man. There's been some news out of uh, Sony maybe maybe having to having to divorce itself from Spider-Man. What, what's going on here, Dave? So so I don't know that this is news. I want to I want to be clear about that because we, we live in the era of fake news, OAN, Newsmax, 
We live, we live with we live with a lot of shit right now, so I want to be careful. This is not news. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is more of a, a rumor or a theory, but I like it because like the Zola theory, it, there's nothing direct to point to it, but the dots line up and make some sense. And the, the theory is that if the expanded you know, live-action Spider-Verse movies do not do well, and by that I mean the Morbius film, the upcoming Venom sequel, if those start to flop and not repay on their investment – that Sony may be in a position of needing to sell Spider-Man back to Disney in order to stop the bleeding. And yes, mm. that is wish fulfillment. It is the opposite of the mojo theory for me. I want this to be true, so I am inclined to believe it, and I will freely admit that. But I will also point out that Sony is one of the few major studios left that does not have an online streaming platform with which it can try to make money while theaters are shut down. Mm. And let's be real, theaters are probably going to remain shut down in at least the major North American markets of New York and, and Los Angeles through summer, well into fall. And that is where we've established now North America makes like 40% of its business is those houses. And so as Los Angeles and New York goes, so will go the movie industry in the theatrical distribution industry in North America. If Sony can't put these movies out or has to put them out in a very diminished capacity so they don't make money, that could put pressure on them to have to sell the property in order to stay afloat as a overall studio. So it's it's a theory. It is not a news story, but it's a really interesting theory just because Morbius has been delayed a couple of times. And let's all be real, it stars Jared Leto, so this thing could go right in the toilet really quick. <laughs> there is not going to be a middle ground on this movie. It's either going to be a home run for Leto, or it's going to be another shit tank job by Leto. There is no middle ground with this guy. I'm not speaking trying to be of, a dick. I'm just saying there's no middle ground. Speaking of Jared Leto, also coming in March is the fucking Zack Snyder Justice League, guys. Come on now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> On HBO Max, I, I rest my point. If Sony had a distribution platform like that, they would be in, in better shape for this. But Morbius is a big question mark. Venom is introducing Carnage, which seems like a home run because Carnage is a very popular villain. But those are the easy ones to mess up, especially when they're kind of a dark comedy role like Carnage is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it. It, it, I'm just saying, it, there's no actual thing that we can point to to say this is this is happening. It's just the dots do kind of connect once you start to realize they're there. Dave, that's fascinating. They're, making, they're yeah. making that Venom two movie, but have they even started that at all? Does anybody know what like where they're at production wise and everything? Because I hadn't heard other than Woody Harrelson's going to be in it. I hadn't heard anything about that movie at all. Anybody? I, I think it's in production right now. I could I'm be doing wrong. Some, uh, I'm doing production. some digging. I'm doing some digging yeah. right now. Well, what, while you're looking that up, I was just going to say um, two properties I'm actually curious to see. And even if it is Jared Leto or Leto, however you want to say it, um, it, it does look better than his Joker. I will give him that. Um, I, I know that we were kind of duped by some of those early trailers and the, the whole uh the the way they kind of mixed it and the, the music and everything but you know i i, I don't know I, I would love to see a spider verse kind of expand and those darker characters do intrigue me the one downside to me i don't know how you guys feel about this is i and i like woody harrelson 
I just don't see him as uh, what's his name, Cassius, Cletus, what's, what's, Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, there you go, Cletus Cassidy. You know, it, and as Carnage, I enjoyed that first like five years when they introduced Carnage, and I don't know, seeing the whole Maximum Carnage storyline possibly playing out, it would be fun to see. But I just, I, I, I've envisioned somebody a little bit skinnier lankier looking a little awkward and woody harrelson doesn't look like he fits that part to me so okay really quick quick update here so venom let there be carnage release date is june 25th 2021 all right so Uh, it should be done with production at this point yeah you know who's directing that film no you and andy circus oh what andy circus is directing uh venom 2 yeah, Does that mean him. he's playing one of the, the many superheroes? <laughs> uh, you know, really quick, before we move on from Jared Leto, I don't want to let this slide too far. I recently watched a movie called The Little Things. It's making the rounds. It's on HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, and it was he was actually very good in it. He was he is this creepy villain guy, and he's he does a good job. It's the first time I've actually enjoyed him, really. To this be is true. what I'm saying. There's no middle ground with this guy. It's either a home run or a strikeout. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, feel, it's a home run. To to jump back to what Scott was saying about um, the casting for Carnage, I feel like Scott wanted to see the other Zombie Land uh, star, Michael Sarah, possibly cast yeah. as Carnage. Yeah. Isn't that Eisenberg? Uh, not, isn't that Eisenberg? Jesse Eisenberg in that movie? Is it sure, it's the other one. They're fucking twins. They they're interchange. <laughs> they're exactly interchangeable. I, wow. I, right. I'm not disagreeing with you. But I hate I'd, I'd hate Natalie to diss, Portman. I'd hate to diss Jesse Eisenberg on this pos- podcast though. <laughs> what's uh what's what's Natalie Portman's twin? Uh, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Right? Yeah. Kira Knightley yeah. It's it's the male version of that. Yeah. yeah. Kira Knightley, who doesn't even remember being in the Phantom Menace, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing of all time. Like, wait, no. I was actually in that movie. Oh, that's funny. Oh. Yeah, I but I kind of agree with Scott here. I mean, there was a period it seems like where all of a sudden Woody Harrelson was cast in everything. I mean, he got hooked up yeah. with in the Solo movie. He was in the Venom movie. He he was in both the Zombie Lands and and he's he's fine. But yeah, yeah. I I think I think I'm I think I'm kind of over Woody Harrelson for a while. He's yeah, fine, he, but he's always playing Woody Harrelson is my problem with him. Yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's hard for me to see him as anything else. I, I didn't care for him as a psychotic killer in uh, Natural Born Killers 25 years ago. I doubt, I doubt my feelings <laughs> going to have changed for uh, Let There Be Carnage. Is that I mean, Woody Harrelson or is that Oliver Stone, though? I, I didn't care for that whole movie, to be perfectly honest. I really do feel like Oliver Stone was like in the editing room and just realized, like, this shit does not make any sense. Let's cut <laughs> in some bunny footage and make it bizarre. Isn't it funny if you do have the director's cut, uh, all the good stuff was cut out that actually is Tarantino dialogue? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it did feel like a Tarantino movie at all. Whereas, uh, whereas True Romance, which was not directed by Tarantino, feels like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, there's the famous courtroom scene cut out of there. It is a total Tarantino moment. And it's like, wow, let's just take this out. I'm like, no, no, don't. Don't mess with a, a perfectly uh, good script writer seriously come on yeah. 
Uh, there is something else that you shouldn't mess with. I'm going to bridge to our next story. Uh, you don't mess with Baby Yoda, especially when he's uh, in the form of a tiki mug, Scott. So you you received... We're going to bridge to to Star Wars. And uh, Scott received a, a new tiki mug. I did. To us, and he wants to do a tiki mug review. So it's tiki time on the Wretched Hive. Scott, uh, tell us about your... New acquisition, the Baby Yoda Tiki Mug. Yeah, I'd be happy to, Steve. Um, so here's the quick backstory to this. Uh, there's an artist in the Tiki world, which I think uh, I, I'm certainly a part of, but I know a few of us have dabbled in. And uh, this guy's name is Tiki Tony, and uh, he does design a lot of Disney-style mugs. In fact, he's doing a couple Jungle Cruise mugs coming up here pretty soon. Um, one is the actual boat that you ride at the, uh, the theme park, but the one I'm talking about is the, um, it's called the Kiki Bob. It's based off of a very famous Tiki Bob sculpt. I'm, I don't know if you guys can see it there. I'll post some pictures on our page. Um, and it has a very Tiki style to it. Um, and it was pre-ordered almost a year and a half ago when season one was debuting. So, um, one of the first times, the only times I think I'll ever do a pre-order and wait this long for a mug. But, uh, my God, it was amazing when it finally did show up. The sculpt is just gorgeous on it. Uh, I've seen some chatter online that some people are getting not the best versions of it. But my paint quality on it is just wonderful. But it is massive. Um, there is a line of kind of like geek, nerd-type tiki mugs out there called Geeky Tiki's. Um, yep. I don't know if Got you guys are familiar. Behind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Star Wars line's been very popular with them. Um, they do everything from, like, He-Man stuff, uh, Star Trek. Um, they even do that uh, the fruit cereal line. But they have their own Baby Yoda, and it looks really nice, but it's very small. And this thing, I swear to God, holds, like, two giant drinks. I don't know if oh. it's coming in right yeah. there. Hey, but... let, me get, let me get mine. So, um, <laughs> the cool thing about it was, um, they kept giving me updates. Still there, Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I just pulled a, just for comparison. So here's the, here's the geeky tiki. Yeah, there you version. go. It is, so, uh, it's just compared to my, here's a, like a pint glass. So you can see. Yeah, this thing's like. The size. This thing's like two pint glasses. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. It is massive. Um, the cool right. thing was is, uh, they knew it was going to take a while for the design and all the different processes. So they did include a bunch of extra stuff. Uh, they did give a really cool enamel pen. Can you guys see that? I can't see it on my screen. So a little shiny. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's the mug itself as a pen. Um, they gave me a couple of drink swizzle sticks that are actually the little Yoda, baby Yoda Grogu. With a nice. little frog stir. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And nice. then uh, uh, the artwork for it actually came. Tiki Tony did a front and back postcard. And on the back, oh. it's actually called the Frog Cutter, which is based off of a tiki drink called the Fog Cutter. And uh, I'm going to just give you a little hint real quick. Do not make plans for the day you are drinking this or even the day after because it, it contains four ounces of light rum, two ounces of brandy, one ounce of gin, 
and good God, there's a bunch of other ingredients in here and you're just, you're out. I did it one time and I'm like, I can't drink this. It's just way too strong. It's like drinking a zombie from uh, Dawn the Beachcombers. So. Nice. All right. But, uh, yeah, I love it. It's a great mug. I would highly suggest if you can find them online, seek it out, find the mug. I don't know if it's coming in. But, Excellent. Maybe yeah. we'll put a picture up on our, on our thread by Friday. Scott, I think you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I have it ready to go. All right, you know, we have to have a tiki segment of the show, otherwise Brad gets all mad at us. <laughs> That's funny. Right, we need to have that. Or uh, if we do, we talk too much politics, he might get mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we are, we are, we're not left wing or right wing. We're X wing on the show. We are X wing. Uh, That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And cool. But I'm not sure Brad is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tight anyway, fighter, man. <laughs> thanks for sharing that, Scott. Uh, yeah. We got a couple of Star Wars stories to wrap up the show here. and uh, Lies. One of them is going to be a little bit hard to get through. Greg, I'm going to hand this one to you. I'll try and keep this one up for you, Steve, is what I'll try and do. Yeah. Try to massage this story so it, uh, it, it lasts uh, a <laughs> while. Is, well, is Steve guys, gonna be is Steve gonna have a hard time with this? Mm. <laughs> We're all collectors, guys. We're all collectors of Star Wars things. We all have our stuff. Nico is sitting there right now with the Star Wars with the stormtrooper sitting behind him, guarding That's over. Bob. Um, Steve like- has a garage full of Star Wars memorabilia, and of oh, course, Scott yeah. is 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 Rancho Obi Wan South. So. Officially you know, approved by Steve Sansweet, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> we we've all got we've all got stuff to share. Is what we've all got. Is what I'm saying here. And when I was a kid, you stuff know, to share. When I was a kid, along with all the toys, which are great to have and everything like that, but I liked to collect the cards too. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys uh, were collectors of cards when when you were young, but maybe you collected baseball cards. I'm sure Steve has a vast, fine collection of baseball cards to this day. I do. That he, that he still has. Well, Tops, one of those companies, also made Star Wars cards. I don't know if you knew that or not, Steve. I did. Yeah, Tops. I've heard of Tops. Yes. Yes. They also made Star Wars cards, and they are collectible to this day. Yeah. One of those cards is, shall we say, infamous, mm. if you will. Infamous. And the reason it's so infamous is because it does be- depict our Lord and Savior, uh. Anthony Daniels, as C-3PO. In a uh, state of excitement, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. 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 And the funny thing is, is this card is real. It's yeah. legit. It was published by Tops. It is, is not like something that's fake. <laughs> D- Dave and I um, were a mere inches away from a copy of the card itself. When we went to Rancho Obi-Wan, we've seen the actual card. It exists. It's not fake. I had the opportunity to buy one of these cards when I was about 17 or 18 years old, and I just did not quite have the money to do it. Um, And and when I say I didn't have, when I say I didn't have the money, it he wanted maybe fifty bucks for it, and there was no way I was spending fifty bucks as a as a as a teenager on a card like that. There was there was no way. This this is this is 1980s fifty dollars. This is not fifty dollars today. Where that's what I spend on my Uber dinner is what is what is what it is. So that was a lot of money in 1980. So Greg, if you could buy that card today for fifty bucks, would you do it? 
I I don't would you, know would you that do I it would. and not yeah, tell you the wife would. About you it. would totally do it, man. Come I on. don't know that I would. I I huh. don't know what I because 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 here's the thing, Scott. I know that you're saying yeah, you totally would do it, but what would I do with it? You know, that's that's the thing. Is what would, <laughs> what would I do with it, Greg? Let me know. let me tell you what you would do with that. You would frame that motherfucker and you would put it up on a wall. <laughs> and I swear, every time anybody came over, it didn't matter how who. Where they came from, what walks of life, you would showcase that thing every time. This is the hard-on goldenrod, <laughs> the best thing ever, right here. It, it does give goldenrod. It does take take the the, the name goldenrod a little too literally for everybody's uh, <laughs> for everybody's so, taste so here. If, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the card, it's a top trading card. C three PO. He's sort of bent over. It's like he just came out of the oil bath uh, in in Luke's shop there. <laughs> yeah, he did. And, <laughs> and he's just got a a huge. It's like a print mistake or something that they let go, and it's a huge. Golden erection. It's a oh, huge yeah. tract of land. Well, there, <laughs> yes. there were there were rumors for many years um, about whether this was just something wrong with the print run, right. whether it was um, uh, uh, an an artist. And this was the 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 story that I heard that I I thought was real for years, but it turns out it's completely fake. There was an artist who was fired, and this was like his parting shot on his way out the door was to leave this in the print run, just mm-hmm. to, as as a kind of a fuck you to all the people that were uh, that were that had that had let him go. Wow. But he no, was, he was really trying to get a rise out of people, wasn't he, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to this article that uh, we that that uh, I think Dave found it on Mel. It's in, and we'll put up the link on the website there. It is simply uh, just fate and, and and a happenstance photo that happened when they took this when they took happened to get this shot. the The costume was notorious for falling apart, and is in you know is and even all through filming, even through Empire and into Jedi, there's scenes where you can see pieces of the costume falling off mid scene that they just never bothered to cut out because apparently it happened so often. Yeah. So as they're taking this photo, one of the flaps on the side so- on 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 his hip that holds, you know, the front to the back, you know, cod piece, if you will, in place, kind of came loose and flipped up, and that's when the photo was taken, and that's what they printed, <laughs> for God knows reason what reason why. <laughs> <laughs> so it really is just a trick of light and shadows, and the and a, a piece of his costume hanging off of his body right here is what it is. So that's that's apparently the story of the uh, of the famous C three PO goldenrod card <laughs> and, and this has been around for a while it's sort of uh star wars fandom lore at this point but why I, i'm curious as to why it would there was a new story about it uh is there is it an anniversary of the card or, or why so, is it in the news now I, I don't know about that but i posted it because i was trolling to get a response specifically out of you because you yeah. weren't answering anybody <laughs> in the message thread and uh, i found this article with a headline the oral history of C-3PO's penis. The oral history. Huh? And I was like, yeah. well, if this doesn't get a response out of Steve, nothing will. The man is dead, clearly. Yeah, yeah. So I posted it. And I, I, I have to say, Greg, the thing that I found in that article that I, I did not know, had not heard, nothing even before, they did do a run of that card series with, with it corrected, with it airbrushed out. Oh, yeah. I, I knew that. And, yeah, yeah. And that card is actually the true collector's item because they they did these runs in periods of time and this was the phase four 
run of cards. Oh. They found the error, like, towards the end of the period of time. Yeah. So, so the actual print run for the non-erect C-3PO is very, very small. Well, shit. I and wonder if actually, I actually still have that card then. Yeah. It is actually the so hard the card to find. The, the flaccid card 3PO nice. card is the collector's item. The flaccid um, card is the hard uh, card yeah. to find. Guys, wow. I'm going to dig in Rancho Obi-Wan moral, South. Yeah, the moral of the story is everybody's seen C-3PO's dick, everybody. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I I am going to go through Rancho Obi-Wan South. I do have a couple boxes of cards, old cards, and I do have... I believe it's the green border, right? Yes. Is that... Okay. Green border, green border cards, yes. Yeah, so I will take a look. Um, I didn't you know the green border was... You might have a copy of this? I might. I might actually have a copy of it. Um, I'll give you 50 bucks for it if you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I need it for the, the hive cave here. Well, I've, I've already made you kiss the uh, the golden coffee mug, C-3PO. So That's we're, true. Uh, I did yeah. kiss the coffee mug. That was so who knows what's going to happen with C-3PO's penis. But No, no uh, tucks on that coffee mug. <laughs> uh, no, I will I will do a search uh, this week for it and see if I can find it. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that the Green Border series was the fourth one out. There was... The blue is the famous one, right? The first one out the gate. Uh, was it was either blue or red? There's blue, red, um, yellow. I think yellows were later though, and then greens. And then they kind of did the same run of they went borders Bob, over again for Empire. Bob yeah. and Burgundy and <laughs> Chartreuse. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, I still thanks. I still remember opening up those packs of thing and and chewing on those sticks that they would call gum. Yeah. But they you on the stick that came with the uh, 3PO card, did you? Well, it, yes, it, I did. I that love, stick right in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, the explanation and context of the article, though, because I don't think people today really appreciate, you know, there wasn't VHS. There wasn't Blu-ray. There, was, there wasn't any way to actually see the movie right. in 1977. So these right. silly trading cards with the, the gum-like substance in them like that was that was how you got these pictures of the film yeah. that you loved so much. That was how you got yeah. to see the movie again. Yeah, but it was it was more than that, Dave, because you actually got behind the scenes shots. You got mm-hmm. you had a lot and scenes that were cut out. Also, I remember uh, those and some of the early books actually had pictures that were never in the film, like the Luke Skywalker scene with Biggs was in yeah. one of the books I had. I'm like, where the hell was this in the movie? Oh, yeah, well, and Luke Skywalker with the bucket hat, too. <laughs> the bucket hat is never I, yeah. in the theatrical release. That's right. I am 95% sure. It's been a long time since I looked, but my brother and I had like a full, the full 33, the double album uh, score from the yeah, original Star yes. Wars movie. And I am 95% sure there were big Starklighter pictures in the, the opening. When you would open it up in the middle, there was a picture of Luke and Biggs. Standing, looking, you know, into the distance at Tashi State's at yeah Tashi yeah. Station. Yeah, hold that thought. But that that double oh, album. Greg's, though, Greg's gonna, yeah, Greg's going to double down on me. He's, he's got that fucking thing like right there where he can grab it. <laughs> he does. He's just so, got to show me up. So I didn't have many of the trading cards until later, but in 77, 78, 79, sometime around there, my mom bought the double album of the the vinyl, and just mm-hmm. holding. I remember holding that in my lap, listening to the music, and just staring at the pictures. Because yeah. it was how, it was how you saw the movie. Uh, yeah, or, yeah or I think that's it, Greg. That's how, yeah, that that was it with the Vader on the back, right? Yeah, that epic yeah. Vader yep. on the back. So the star, the classic Star Wars uh, font in the front, 
Vader in the back with the Starscape. That uh, scary as hell uh, rendering yeah. of Vader. Yep. And All then right. let's see the uh, let's see the inside of that there, Gregory. Oh, yeah. Am I right or am I wrong? I can't tell. Uh, so those are Death Star. Those are all. Let me go this way. I don't see anything with bigs. There's no bigs in any of those photos. I don't see any uh, 3PO dongs either. Uh, There's a a shot of the Falcon on the Death Star. There's Leia and 3PO. There's the famous shot of the four heroes in the Falcon cockpit. Uh, Leia in the detention center. Uh, The heroes walk at the end. Cell block A23. The crate dragon skeleton, uh, the Tuscan Raider and Luke, Vader in the Tanta Four hallway, C3PO and R2D2, Jawas, uh, the Death Star command crew right before Vader chokes a bitch, and an X Wing. That's all you get. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Vader's not choking a bitch. He's being a good leader. He's lifting that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I th- you know what, Steve? Like, you mentioned that, like those, and we were talking about the, the shots that show up in some of these um, old marketing materials. But the book was like yeah. a kid's targeted book. I think it was called The Story of Star Wars. And that has one of those shots in it where you, mm-hmm. it was not in the film. And that all that did for us was like, what's, why didn't we see this in the movie? And it just led to more speculation. And I think is one of the reasons why we're here right now just talking about this stuff. absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely one one of the one of many reasons but yes definitely a reason yes yeah. it did star wars did open my eyes to the idea that there's all kinds of stuff that happens in a movie that you don't actually see in the movie yeah right wow uh, I do like I, how Nico has bailed on us right now and just left the stormtrooper manning the uh, yeah <laughs> the, the podcast <laughs> guys there was there was one legitimate Star Wars bit of news that was released that we have not talked about. Um, and that was, it was actually released back in December, but it's been so long since we've done a show. We really haven't had time to to talk about this. And um, this is confirmed by Kathleen Kennedy in the series Kenobi that is currently in production. We will see a rematch between the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader, and the titular character Obi-Wan Kenobi himself in the Disney Plus series. They are going to fight again. We will see a, quote, rematch of the century, according to Kathleen Kennedy. And Deborah Chow, uh, writer Deborah Chow, said we will definitely see Obi-Wan and Vader get into it again. So my question is, do we need to? Do we no. need to see them? Yeah. Back again? No. I'm with Greg. I'm kind of with Greg on this one. Yeah, I, I don't mind seeing seeing him fight with the lightsaber, but I mean, you know, even even, uh, I, I mean, I'll just say it. I'm a little sad that they're bringing Darth Vader into this. I I thought that the idea of of having that you know kung fu style show of him just traveling the Jinland waste, you know, avoiding whatever. I thought that was kind of exciting, and you have a you, you know, you put a Sergio Leone score behind it and it's fucking genius, right? Yep. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, 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 I suppose hmm. it depends on the context. But 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 Scott, I mean, my my feeling is, you know, do you look, we've seen them battle. We saw them battle in episode three, which is fantastic that the, the third act of episode three, of course, the the Obi-Wan's death scene episode four. Um I, I don't I don't know that we really need to see it again. What do you what do you think? I, I don't 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of again, I'm with Greg on this. I'm I'm, I'm kind of sensing the same vibe. There's a curiosity factor there, but I don't know if that's enough for me to be like, yeah, let's have it again because Yeah. Seriously, you said it right there. The the episode 3 fight is one of my favorite fights. It really is a fantastic well thought out lightsaber battle and the it's not just the battle like that's exciting it's the tension and what's really happening with those two characters at that moment so the next time we see them you see how those roles have changed the darkness that's consumed anakin you see you know him in the full suit you see obi-wan much older apparently in a very short amount of time getting sun bleached by tatooine um, you know, <laughs> and can't move very fast, but that's okay. You know, I they even have that thing, the fan made version of like a read shot version of the Obi Wan Darth Vader scene on the Death Star, and I don't know. I I mean, it was fun to watch, but I'm like, I'm happy that we get it the way it is. It it works for me because it works for not just the, the moment of the scene. But the character development, if we don't lose Obi-Wan in that moment, if he's suddenly like super Obi-Wan, I, I don't feel as though he sacrificed. The sacrifice that he makes doesn't mean as much to me if he's suddenly just like wiped out because of, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. A, a moment of. It, a, yeah. It's something that they will have to do very carefully. Like it, it is something that could be very, very powerful and exciting. Yeah. But it is such a needle to thread. I would I would not want to go near it unless I knew I had an airtight idea. But the thing that's been turning over my head since I read about it is it, it's possible to do just because there's nothing in episode four that really invalidates the idea that they've encountered each other since the end of episode three, right? Yeah. I mean, Darth Vader says, I sent something, a presence I've not felt since. And he doesn't ever seem surprised that Obi-Wan is alive. And by all rights, he should think Obi-Wan is dead because Order 66 was executed and all the other Jedi should have been should have been killed. Well, even though, you know, even though he saw Obi-Wan after, I'm like, there is no reason he has to believe that Obi-Wan is still alive. It's like, eh, maybe he's seen him since then. And mm-hmm. also, Obi-Wan references Darth Vader is more machine than man now. How would he know that if he has been isolated and hiding on Tatooine the entire time? Because the last That's, he left Anakin was, you know, Stumpy Stumpy McGee trying to pull himself out of the lava. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point right there, Dave. I don't necessarily take the first point. Oh, yeah. Go on. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand at me. No, um, sorry. Sorry, I was scratching an itch. Sorry. My bad. Um, yeah, so the second point I think is, is a perfect <laughs> – all right i lost my train of thought now uh no um the the first point of him saying i haven't felt a presence like this since i always felt that that line after we got the prequels was just a reference back to the point where that fight takes place and anakin loses but and it it could be but it's left open-ended so it could also be something else i mean it could be i haven't felt this presence since i had a burrito at taco bell a few weeks ago (laughs) true true yeah Yeah. um but yeah i i don't know i i think the other part of that that you just brought up could lead more to uh, a moment and and i'm not close-minded to it i don't i am more uh wary of it than i don't know I, i if they can Where is do a good this, word. Where yeah. is a great word, Scott? So, so, so the, the, 
the other the other thought I have is Vader is so commanding of of the landscape on the screen and yeah. what you know he's going to he's going to eat up whatever scene that he's in. So yeah. if the show is about Kenobi, I hope they don't make it like a Vader, you know, especially given that they've announced Hayden Christensen coming back. I hope they don't make it a Vader Kenobi show. Yeah. I, um, I I want it to be a Kenobi show where Vader adds something the way that he added so much, uh, in my opinion, to the end of Rogue One, um, I, which I thought was a great place to stick uh, a Vader cameo in because then you're you're so much more afraid of Vader going into episode four and the scene on, on the Tanti four. Yeah, that's he added something to the universe, and I hope that they figure out a way to have Vader do the same thing here. There's just enough Vader in Rogue One to make it fascinating to me, and they didn't overkill it. I mean, there was the stuff we talked about when he does make the appearance with Krennic, but um, let's put it to this that's way. All, all the stuff that he's made appearances in in like the, the animated series, if they can pull it off to that degree where it's not a Vader-Obi-Wan show and that it is just a, a special moment and they do it right in the context that would be right for the show, I might be more open to it. That's that's my openness right there. Other than that, I, I, I'm content with what we've seen. I was pleasantly surprised by Rogue One and happy we got the Rogue One. And even more so, if we didn't have Rogue One, we wouldn't have that amazing Luke sequence in Mandalorian, which is a almost a pure mirror image of those two moments. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be done right. And that's, I, I'm hoping they can do that. So you're open, you're open to it. I am. Okay. I, I you... like wary though. I like, I think wary is a good way to describe it. Yeah. I, I'm right. still there. That's going to be there until I can actually see what's going on with this thing. Are you open to this? It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. (laughs) Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter is looking up. Yeah, Twitter's looking up overall. Sorry, it was a little bit loud. Yeah, there's been there's been more real news on Twitter um, in the last month than there has been in the last uh, four years or so. <laughs> uh, this week's Star Wars tweet of the week comes from Twitter user at author underscore p coral. Author underscore p coral created a funny little picture, and I wanted to share it. It's uh, it's Christopher Lee as Count Dooku. And he's standing there with his lightsaber and he's sort of taunting Obi-Wan and he says, surely you can do better. And the next cell, the next picture is Leslie Nielsen's head on Obi-Wan's body saying, I can do better and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> and that. That's actually not bad. Show. That's, not, that's not bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. That's high anytime praise. You stop, anytime you stop with an airplane reference, I'm, I'm a cool fan. <laughs> that, that's high, that is high praise for the Star Wars Tweet of the Week when Greg Lent says, okay, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's like Mikey liking the cereal. 
<laughs> hey, Mikey, he likes it. Wow. Yeah, so it's kind of a. Are we kind of in Star Wars limbo a little bit? Like we're in. We 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 wrapped up Mandalorian season two. We're filming the Obi Wan and the Andor series. We had a big announcement at the end of 2020. Lots of stuff coming, but right now we're sort of in this. Well, the High Republic is going on right now. Oh, that's true. And there's oh. a Star, there's a High Republic show that uh, if you haven't watched, you should check it out on StarWars.com, High Republic. Um, check it out. We'll have to talk about that maybe next episode because there's some good stuff being shared there as well. Yes, yeah, they're filming I've read the first uh, book. Oh, yeah. So you are you finished it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Life Jedi. Are you, might, might you want to do a book review coming up in, in a future episode? If, if we prep me for it, yes. Okay. All right. Scott, you wanted to jump in. Just real quick. Uh, Mandalorian Season 3 and Book of Boba Fett are also filming right now. Wow. So we have a lot of stuff coming in 2021, but right now, in terms of content, live action content. Live action content, yes. We're sort of on a holding pattern a little bit, and that's okay because there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, starting at the end of this year, we're going to be up to our golden rods in the new Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no no doubt about it. Uh, Episode 180 of the show uh, is in the books, guys. Any final thoughts? Somebody write this down because because it's going to come Saturday, and Steve's not going to be here to uh, remind me what the show episode is. So uh, eight hundred and twenty-two, right? Got it. <laughs> yes, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tune in. Tune in this weekend uh, for our review of episode five of season one of Wandavision. And uh, until then, have a wonderful week. Wear your mask, socially distance, and may the force be with us all. <laughs>